Hey guys, I'm Caitlin Adams, and welcome to the Kirk Students Podcast. We're the student ministry from the Kirk Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. This is where you'll hear sermons from Josh Lyle, Colin Grant, and other guest speakers. You can look in the show notes for small group questions and talking points. Make sure you subscribe and share with anyone who follows Kirk Students. If you want to know more about us or get in touch, visit us at thekirk.com or follow us on Instagram at Kirk Students. Now, let's jump in. All right. Hey, guys. Uh, welcome to uh, Communal Conversations, a podcast from uh, Kirk Students. Uh, today with us, we have my friend Hunter, uh, who uh, is here with us in Tulsa. It's a snowy Monday morning, so everyone is home. All three of my kids are here. Uh, my wife is working uh, at the table as well. Um, and I just wanted to talk to Hunter and have Hunter tell us a little bit about himself and, and just have some conversational time, um, hopefully for the encouragement of the church and, and the building up of the church. And um, so Hunter, tell us, uh, let's see, what do, we, what do we want to know? Tell us what you do uh, and let's see what, what you do and what is your favorite part about what you do? Yeah, uh, Josh, good morning. Thanks for having me on. Uh, so I am the chapter director for a ministry here in Tulsa called Tulsa K-Life. Uh, we're a youth discipleship ministry. And so our goal and our mission is to point students to Jesus, to know him, to love him, to walk in surrender to him and then to be equipped to point other students to Jesus, to know him, to walk in surrender to him. And so uh, that's what I get to do, get to spend all my time with students. And I think the favorite part uh, of my job and what I get to do is I get to uh, actually hear what's going on in students' lives and I get to have a small part in their growth through middle school and high school. I just remember middle school and high school being super formative years for myself uh, and so getting to have even just a small role in that for students here in Tulsa uh, is so fun to me. I love it. Yeah. No, I, I, I know we've gotten to hang out a little bit and uh, hearing your heart for students and for discipleship specifically uh, really continues to stir my affection for student discipleship. Like you said, formative years. It's weird that like these seven years, the sixth through 12th grade really kind of sets the trajectory for you know, where, where you'll kind of be in your late twenties and early thirties. And like, even though you're still forming thoughts and opinions, we remember these times, like we remember um, how we felt in middle school and how it was to walk through uh, hard situations in high school. So you talked about um, discipleship. What, what is working well for you guys in discipleship? How are you navigating these? uh, I mean, 2020 has been a year. So like, or it's been, it's been 10 years wrapped up in a year. So how, how are you guys, what's working for you guys in the student discipleship realm? Yeah. Uh, well, we, uh, because of this year and things with COVID, we've not been able to have like large group gatherings and do a bunch of fun events that we would love to do, but we've been able to keep our small groups going. And so our small groups, uh, they've gotten to meet uh, in person because it's not, it's not too many people between like six and 12 people meeting kind of in homes or we've been able to when they're having issues, meet over Zoom. We've been able to still stay connected and get to study the word with our students and then have a lot of just one-on-one time, whether it's still out at a restaurant or at a meal, like Chick-fil-A, the best place for a one-on-one, or just phone calls, FaceTime calls. And so honestly, technology has kind of helped us out a lot this year, being able to still connect and still stay connected through social media, through things like podcasts, through Zoom, through all these different things. Um, to help us feel at least like we are still connected, even when we can't be physically in the same room. And so it's worked for us so far that we've been able to still gather in small groups and get to 
and spend time with and our leaders get to spend time with just their students and they just get to be single-minded right now uh into their small group and and i get to be single-minded really into my small groups of all right i'm just going to focus all in on my seventh grade small group and my 10th grade small group uh which believe it or not are very different um different stages of life but so that's worked so well for us this year in spite of a wild 2020 yeah, we've we've uh, really kind of doubled down in small groups as well. And what I love about Kali is that it's not. <laughs> yes, that's yours. Sorry, my son is asking for milk, and which milk is his? Um, what what I love about Kali is you guys aren't seeking to replace the church. You're you're almost like um, like an accessory for like, hey, let us give you another layer of um, connectivity, right? And and am I am I explaining that that right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we do not want to replace the church. Like I, I attend a church here, and we encourage all of our students to tell our students that they should be involved in their church. Typically, it's the church that their parents go to. So we're not a replacement for church, not a replacement even for their youth group. Um, and so, we really want students to stay connected in their church, especially the church that their parents go to. And then, as we hopefully get to connect with students that don't go to church, we want to be able to point them to, hey. We, we want to equip you and, and set you up and disciple you, but also we want to point you to a local church because uh, the church right. has countless things to offer uh, that we don't. Uh, number one, right. a church has like family. Uh, a church mm. has people from kind of every stage of life. Like we're, we're a specific youth ministry. And, and I think what we do is beneficial, but what we can't offer is everything that having elders in a church offers or having even just a bunch of dads and moms in a church offers. And there's always little things that the church is so good for that. We just want to come in and help and give just one specific thing that we are single-minded towards. Well, I, I not only appreciate that. I respect that. I think one of the, when, whenever I meet people, one of the things that might throw them off a little bit, um, whether we're here in town or I'm somewhere else and wherever is, you know, when they find out what I do and, 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 you know, I'm, I'm there maybe with FCA or just at a school lunch or whatever. And, and, you know, they're saying, well, like, aren't you going to invite us to our youth group? Oh, I would love for you to come to, to our youth group. But more importantly than that, I want you to a youth group. And like the lack of possessiveness, I think really throws people because student ministry culture has shifted so much now where it's like, Hey, come to our program, come to our thing, come be And I'm like, as much as I would love that. And you are always welcome at our table. Um, I just need you to get to a youth group. And you know what, we, we've told our students a few times, like we're not really doing any more programs. Like you are the program. Like we, we're trying to, to build disciples who go out and engage their, their, their school, their class, their lunch table or whatever, so that, that when I come there or that when you go there, um, they've already kind of laid a little bit of groundwork for us. And I'm like, hey, we just wanna love you well. Um, we wanna do what we can to help you and to get you plugged into the right place. And if that's not, our church, if that's not K Life, that's great. Let's let's find you a place, regardless. And I think that really is 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 um, it's awkward for people because yeah. the, the way the way student ministry has been going, it's like, hey, come to our thing, and it's like, while that's great, you know, is that sustainable? Are you going to be able to to grow there? That's where I'm. That, mm -hmm. That's what I'm more concerned about. And so, how, how old are you? Uh, I I turned 26 in three weeks. Oh, well, almost happy, almost birthday. Um, this perspective of yours is, is, uh, very encouraging coming, uh, I, I'm 29, so I'm not much further ahead of you, but 
Um, it would seem to me from the, from the feedback that I get that that perspective is, is rare. Can you tell me or tell us just a little about like, uh, like a quick snippet of like your testimony, where you came from and maybe help us formulate how you got to this view? This yeah, point? For, for sure. Uh, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, uh, the best state in the country. Uh, and I go grew Braves. up, yeah, come on, go Braves. Uh, I grew up, uh, I grew up going to church. My mom got saved, uh, when she was praying with me and my twin sister. Um, and so I grew up kind of underneath the wing of like a new believer in my mom. Um, but grew up going to church and got to watch my mom grow and got to see just a lot of things in my church that I really, really liked and some things that some shifts even later on through high school that, uh, I started to sh struggle with, with the structure of the church of, um, some, some bits of arrogance in the church and some bits of pride in church leadership. Oh my God. See, no, we want kind of what you just described. I'm like, no, we want people to be at our church. Like we want to make sure that we get people to our church or our youth group or like, like very possessive type thing. And I got to see that a lot. And especially just as high school went around, um, and I got to college, went to University of Georgia, and got super involved with this campus ministry uh, called the Wesley Foundation. And I ended up working there for three years on staff. And uh, this is probably where this whole mindset and perspective really birthed from was our director, his name's Bob, phenomenal man, uh, always talked about, hey, any students that we reach on the University of Georgia's campus, like we want to make sure that they are just plugged in somewhere. We are one campus ministry here, but there's crew, there's BCM, there's RUF, there's all these different places where they can fit in and every single student is invited to come here. But wow. as long as they're being invested in somewhere and being discipled somewhere, like we're sat, like we're happy. We don't want to yeah. steal the crew students or steal the BCM students. Um, it's like, no, we just want to make sure every student has the opportunity to be invested in, be discipled in, and, and grow in the relationship with Jesus. And we're one way to do that, uh, but not the way to do that. And so I got to really see it from the leadership at, at the Wesley Foundation of that, that kind of mindset that you just described of like, we're one way to do that. We just want to make sure everyone has like their place um, that God has called them to grow. Um, mm. And so for here, it might, for many students, it might be Tulsa Kalaf. And it might be Kirk students and it might be, I mean, fill in the blank with any youth group uh, or anything. Yeah. There's a million of them in Tulsa. Yeah, there's plenty, <laughs> right? There's uh, so many churches in Tulsa. Yeah, and, so, and, and the hope really, and the hope is um, that, that I and you would never get to the place where we're too arrogant enough of like, okay, there's all these different places, but like we're the best place to invest in. Right. And of course, we right. need to make students come here. Uh, the hope is that we never get to that point where we think, like where I think, oh, I'm, I'm hot stuff. Right. Um, I'm a big deal. And so every student needs to come learn from me. It's like, you know, ultimately, I'm, I'm not a big deal at all. Uh, but who, whatever students God has decided to give me to shepherd over, um, then great. I'm going to give it my all to shepherd, to disciple, to lead in God. Um, and same with you, whatever students God has given to the Kirk. It's like, great, you're going to go and be excellent in all that you do. Um, yeah. But we're one way that the Lord works here. And there's many. Yeah. No, we, I, I, I love that. We, you know, we, we tell our students, God has called you where you are, when you are for a purpose. Like yeah. you are where you are 
and you are when you are, and you got to make the most of it. I think a lot of uh, maybe student ministries, and maybe not a lot, maybe I'm overstating, like they, they prize, you know, being possessive, but, but they'll say it's all in the name of being connected. And it's like, well, we want you to be connected, but like with us. And it's like, well, you might not be the thing for them. And, and the, the goal should be moving students forward, not moving students towards you. Because yeah. like our, our personalities are only going to last as long as our personalities last. And like yeah. what happens when, when the lights go out and like you're not on the stage and you're not teaching and you're not preaching and like you're just at a restaurant and a student, you know, are you still going to be like, like that character is what's going to carry you. And you don't get, you don't gain character favor by being possessive. You gain character favor by having a heart of connectivity. Like I just, we just need you to be connected because people drown in isolation and we can't, we can't afford that. I know um, uh, I'm a big Braves fan. I'm not from Atlanta. I am from the South. Um, and man, my, I'm getting my sons into it. And this year I thought, I thought it was going to be, well, I didn't think it was going to be our year because I'm a Braves fan and I know better. Right. Of but, but I got, I got my son into it and I was like, I told him, I was like, son, if we win one more game, if we win this game, we're going to the world series. And um, he was like, okay, yeah, we start cheering. And, and, and he, you know, he gets so excited or whatever. And uh, the Braves lost obviously. Of course. And I, I just, I just had to tell him like, son, this is, this is how it's going to go, man. Like we, we're going to, we're going to stick with it. Um, and, and so, so I, I love, I love your story. I, I love the, the testimony. I love the Wesley foundation. I love, uh, the, just the heart of, of, of the Wesleyan denomination. Uh, but I have three more things here that, that I want to talk about. Um, the first one is a two-parter, um, and we'll start it off sad. What is discouraging you right now? Yeah. Uh, I think the biggest thing discouraging me right now is, uh, within Tulsa Chaos, within the ministry that I get to lead, um, because we can't all gather together uh, into one club or into one event, uh, there, is, there is a lack of a sense of unity uh, within the ministry, because uh, it's just a bunch of different small groups that don't know each other and can't get together and can't all have one thing in common where they get to hear a teaching or go get to play even games together, do an event together. And so there's, there's a lack of unity uh, within the ministry um, that that God has given me, and uh, it it is, I'm I'm comforted in the place where like I know that God is working and that the small groups are fruitful and everything, but I'm discouraged just by the lack of unity of not all of our volunteers get to know each other really well, and they don't really get to know other students outside of their small group, and so that right now is probably the the uh, most discouraging thing right now, just because of COVID and not being able to get large groups of people together. I would, uh, I would think um, that that is probably the heart of most ministries right now. The most yeah. discouraging thing is like, man, like we, like we miss our people. Like we miss, we miss the family element of church and, and we miss the family element of ministry and that unity of being able to come together. However, um, this question has a backside. What is encouraging you the most right now? Oh man, what's encouraging me the most is, so I think, uh, one of the things that I've noticed just being here in Tulsa is that everybody is busy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Half and every, just everyone here is just busy. It is a fast running city. Um, yeah. and every, uh, student, pretty much every family that I've got connected with is just very busy. Students are doing every sport, every club, every activity they could possibly do. Students are doing multiple youth groups. Like they're, everywhere 
which is, uh, I imagine, exhausting, uh, but also fun because you get to know a lot of people and everything. But um, I think, and, and this is what I kind of noticed back in like March and April, right when COVID and quarantine like started and we got to see a little bit this semester is, is I think, um, I think COVID um, where it has plenty of like negative impact in a lot of areas. I think one thing is it has kind of helped us to like slow down a little bit. Um, mm. Back in April when uh, sports and activities and even school, a lot of things were just like canceled or put on hold or put on Zoom. It, it kind of forced, I think, a lot of people to take a second and slow down. And um, when, when we're busy, it's hard to focus on God, ultimately. Mm. Uh, and I think just back to the verse that says, hey, be still and know that I am God. And I think one thing that is encouraging to me is I think just this weird year and this weird season has given at least more families and students an opportunity to actually like be still. And actually maybe get to focus a little bit um, on God, whether that's through like what we're doing at K-Life, whether that's through um, specific things. I know churches are working hard to figure out, hey, how do we support? How do we encourage? How do we like set up our congregations well, even if they can't come here in person? How do we do this well? And I think through all those things, I think people are getting the opportunity to see, oh, this is what it's like to actually like take a seat, stop and, and really fix our eyes on Jesus. Yeah, I, I would agree. Tulsa is busy and like people don't think about it. So like, yeah. I didn't know until I moved here two years ago, like, man, what is going on in Tulsa? Like we're, we're always moving, always doing something. Um, it feels like a little bit more like Dallas than it does like its own. I mean, it's, yeah, we're, for those of you guys who don't know, like Tulsa is a pretty mid major American city. A lot of things are booming here. We have, you know, what two two Division One colleges, uh, minor league baseball team. Um, we have four high school, five high schools with over five thousand students per school, and they're only three grades. Yeah, um, like tenth, eleventh, twelfth grade. It's it's nuts, and um, it's uh, one of our high schools is like one of the top twenty largest in the nation, or thirty in the nation, or something like just huge, like just population and movement I, I always the joke is like broken arrow seems to be an accident like people like they got land cheap and then like they're like yeah we want to live kind of away from tulsa because it's too busy and now broken arrow is busy and it's busy super yeah. it's super populated um so yeah I, I think that that being able to slow down and i love the verse you know the be still and know is because there's two parts of it right like there's the be still and then there's the no like, like know that, that the Lord is good and, and that, that, that he's with you and that he's, he's trying to get your attention just as much as everything else is. Um, so I love that. Um, how, uh, two more, how are you staying uh, spiritually healthy, physically healthy? How are you staying healthy in this time? Like what's a verse you're clinging to uh, that's kind of pushing you through the moment? Yeah, the, the verse, so really the, the book that I've been clinging to really all, all year uh, is, is second Corinthians. And I've been clinging mm. to this letter from Paul and the, the, kind of the whole theme, at least to me of the whole book is just deals with weakness of like, man, there are a ton of things um, that are either that I fall short in or that are out of my control or all these different things. Um, but God is in control. And, and that's where we get, you know, the verse words, my power is made perfect in weakness is in second Corinthians. And 
the the section of Second Corinthians that I've kind of hung on to a ton uh, is is chapter four, um, and really just the end of chapter four. Um, Paul just writes, "Hey, so we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison." As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And that that section of verses, that's the end of chapter four, as um, we do not lose heart, has been a verse that's been pushing me and pushing me. Because uh, there's plenty of things, whether it's in ministry or just in life, that are like, man, that's kind of hard. Or, man, that's yeah. discouraging. Or, man, what do, God, what do I do here? And it's just this verse has, has been... Uh, hopeful for me of hey we do not lose heart uh, and that's been super good for me I, lo- I love too that that sentiment is mirrored in Hebrews like with Abraham he looked forward to something that wasn't seen like he looked yeah. forward to heavenly things not earthly mm-hmm. things and you know we 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 fix our we fix our perspective by fixing our eyesight like yeah. we look to the right things and therefore now we have an accurate perspective. You don't have an accurate perspective and then look to the right things. Yeah. Um, I was talking on the phone the other day with somebody who's a leader uh, at a church here in town. Um, and he, he had invited me to go speak at his leadership thing. And, and I, I said, you know, like, like what's your central theme? And he said, man, we want our leaders to not grow weary of doing good and know that everything they're doing, every hardship they're facing is producing something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that that is the word for the church like all the awkwardness all the craziness of, like it's producing something in obedience like if you're walking in obedience and you have that heavenly perspective i love that um and so what uh, just on the healthy thing what is your what, like what's your reading pattern because we, we're people of the book we're people of the bible mm-hmm. i love my bible um we we preach the bible at our church like that that's what we do um, what, what's your reading habit, reading schedule kind of like, do you read every day? Do you read a, a, a chapter a week and then journal, journal on it or what, what, what do you do? Yeah. Uh, so I read, uh, I've got pockets of things that I read every day. And so I'll read through, um, a proverb every day. So whatever, like the day of the month is like today's the 14th. It's like, all right, Proverbs oh, yeah. 14, going to go through that. And then I'll read um, a few Psalms just to like stay in the word in the morning, just to get a little bit of refresher. Um, yeah. yeah, come on a little bit of worship. Uh, Psalms and Proverbs are things that I read specifically, uh, cause they're, they're, they're not as focused towards like, like, oh man, I'm trying to read this to get some like deep theology or trying to get this like teaching, but they just help gear my mind and gear my eyes towards, Oh, here are the good things of God. Um, especially right, in the yeah. song helps me just like, they're, they're easy books for me to read and not have to like and working in ministry it's like we spend a lot of time in this word for ourselves but also for others and reading psalms helps me at least start of like oh no i'm just going to focus on me knowing god here and so i read that and then uh what i'll do is and living in tulsa everything's spread out and so i'm and i live in broken arrow uh and so car rides I'm, i'm in a car at least 15 minutes every single drive um i'll pop on the bible app you can listen to the Bible. And so usually when I drive, I'll get to listen through the Psalms or Proverbs that I'm going through every day. And, and then I'm a rereader. Uh, I spend a mm. lot of times rereading uh, things that I, that have been like 
beneficial to me, crucial to me, things that have been like foundational for things that I believe. And so like, I've been going back and forth through second Corinthians all really the last couple of years. Um, especially kind of the first few chapters of looking at Paul's story of, of weakness and Paul's story of even the way that he preaches the gospel. And he says, Hey, I'm going to preach it, but I'm not the one that opens eyes. Uh, I'm mm. not the one that opens hearts. Uh, God does that. Um, but I'm still just going to preach the gospel and trust that, that in this broken vessel that he's going to do the things that he's going to do. Um, and that's been helpful for me and beneficial for me. And so I'm a big rereader, read things over and over again. Cause there's always more, always. Right. more. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I had someone, someone asked me this question, uh, what, maybe two years ago, uh, it was in like February or March and every year for the past, uh, two or three years, uh, I do what's called the shred. Have you heard of that? I've not. I, so I, I read the whole Bible uh, from beginning to end in January, all of it. And, and, and then throughout the rest of the year, February through December, I will read it again, but like slower or whatever. And I told them, I was like, well, I just got done doing the shred. Um, and they were like, wait, what's this? And it's something uh, I saw on like Instagram or something. Or, I, you know, it's, it's on the Bible app now. So you can do it next yeah. month if you want. Um, and they were like, they were like, so, so the whole Bible. And I was like, yeah, I just, I just read through it. Um, I don't like take notes. I highlight what I read so I can make sure I don't miss anything. I, I don't like, usually I want to journal and note and I, I open up the Bible every day and I'll do a few chapters a day or whatever. Last year I did chronological order, which was pretty cool. Um, but, um, and like, just to mix it up, like if you're a student and you want to like, just get into the Bible, read it in alphabetical order just to mix it, just whatever it takes for you to get in the Bible and get it interesting again, like just keep doing it. Keep. So, um, so some, somebody who the person who's asking me was like, well, is that sustainable? And I was like, well, you know, I've read my Bible through in total now seven times. So for me, yes. But for the 15 year old who's listening, do not read the Bible from front to from front to back in one month. Don't, don't do that. Don't, don't do those things. Find that proverb, that Psalm a day, uh, because your theology means nothing if you don't know the giver of theology. Like spend time knowing the Lord, yeah. developing and cultivating a heart of worship, a heart of prayer. Um, uh, get get your own language. Like learn learn to just desire to sit and be still and to know. And and I love that. Um, we we are certainly like I said, people of the Bible, and we want you to develop healthy Bible reading habits. Um. And yeah, reread, go back, reread every time. So I read the Bible, like I said, every year and every time there's something new to me, every time there's something more for me, because he is more. I, I love people have said, you know, in, in ministry, uh, well, God's always calling you into more. Well, yeah, he's calling you into more of himself. He is the more that he's calling you into. Right. Yeah. Keep pressing in. So I have one more um, and then we'll do faves and then we'll wrap up. Um, so how can... Uh, the Kirk, how can the local church here in Tulsa or abroad? Um, and I, cause you guys are out of Canacook, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how, how can the church in Oklahoma, um, Missouri, Arkansas, Kansas, um, maybe even Texas, if you guys have a recent, how, how can we, um, serve you, uh, honey here in Tulsa? How, how can the church help you? How can we help K-Life? How, how can we, how can we help you? Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's and first thing that's come to mind is really twofold is one is just from a, like a staff perspective. I think coming and building relationships with between church staff and KLF staff is super beneficial. 
just for even for um, you and I being able to connect a good bit and um, you know you we actually get to host when we do have our like fourth and fifth grade club uh, we get to host the at Kirk in the Hills um, but building a relationship with church staff has been one of the things that has been super beneficial for like my time here in Tulsa just from an encouragement standpoint and from an idea standpoint and and from a like hey how do we even do ministry in this season standpoint getting just to hear different perspectives and things that um, is super helpful but I think it all stems back to uh, kind of what you talked about really at the very beginning is um, if if we uh, and churches can all be on the same team of like hey we we want to work together to reach every student in Tulsa or whatever city it may be it's like we want to work together to reach all these students and not not raise K-Life up, not raise the Kirk up, not raise any specific youth group up is like, oh, this is the youth group of Tulsa or this is the youth pastor of Tulsa. Um, but, right. I think if, but I think if churches in, and not just K-Life, but any like parachurch ministry can all be on that same team. And, and, and even like you reaching out to me is like a big thing of like, like, oh, sweet. Josh actually wants and, and like K-Life to be here in Tulsa and, and serve the Lord and, and serve students. Like, Josh doesn't think we're coming to try to take his students or take his volunteers. Um, and so I think any bits of relationship building and, and having that idea of humility of, well, we're not the youth program of Tulsa uh, is, is huge just for, for us in, in K-Life and getting to partner together. And for us, like we don't have our own building and stuff. And so the Kirk I know has served us well in that and giving us a space to meet and, and to have students together when we can. Um, but anything we can to build unity uh, within the church and not competition, I think is the biggest service that the church can do for us. I, uh, I appreciate that. I think, I think when you and I talked, you know, we, we had kind of talked about like maybe just a little bit about like success and how like we really feel that like, you know, other people's success is better than ours. And that's, that's, that's kind of how, how, how we want it to go is like, you know, Hunter, your success is just as important as, as my, as my, you know, my, my success or, you know, K life success is just as important as, as Kirk students success or uh, whoever. Um, and it, and I, I think, yeah, that comes from just being on the same team. Like I'm for you. I'm, we, we are for you. We're for K life. We're, we're praying for you guys. Like we're, we're and, and, and all these things. Um, but I, yeah, I think that that is what drives unity. And, and, you know, just wanting to see other people succeed. Like we, we have a deep desire because when you succeed, the kingdom succeed yeah. and, and, and vice versa. So, well, thanks for chatting. We do have, we're going to end it with uh, faves. So just call it faves. Um, and I'm going to got, I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We might, might get to nine of these. Um, so real quick, first thing that pops in your head uh, Hunter McGinnis, favorite food? Favorite food, a burger. Oh, good. I'm so glad you didn't say pizza, man. <laughs> Everybody says pizza. I'm like, no way. A good, a good burger is hard to beat, honestly. Where best burger in Tulsa? Best burger in Tulsa that I've had. Uh, I really, really enjoy Fat Guys. Fat guys yeah, burger. yeah. I like um, Society. Society's got a good burger. True. Um, best burger in Atlanta. Best burger in Atlanta. Um, if you don't say Wendy's off a of peach tree, you're lying. <laughs> Wendy's uh, off a of peach tree is the bomb. No, what's the best burger the, in Atlanta? For the culture of it, uh, just like whole experience, uh, varsity. 
Varsity yeah. Burger in Atlanta. Uh, yeah. I love, but actual best tasting burger would not be the Varsity. Uh, gosh. Uh, man, I don't know. I've, I lived in Athens the last uh, six years. And in Athens, there's a place called Clocked, the, the specialty burgers. And that's my favorite. Clocked. Burger Clocked in Athens, Georgia. Yes. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, good. All right. Favorite, uh, favorite artist? Favorite artist right now? Secular uh, or non-secular, no matter. Well, Spotify Raps just come out uh, and showed you like your best artist, like most listened to artists all of 2020. Uh, my top artist is Justin Bieber. Uh, I love the Biebs. Uh, I think he's super talented, love his music, uh, love his story. Um, yes. Big fan of the Biebs. Yeah, so every year, he, or every album gets better. Oh, absolutely. Like it's every phenomenal. single one. Hey, you know, you know who's been thriving, though, on my Spotify playlist is Taylor Swift. Swift. Yes. Two that, albums in one year. That female beast of a person impresses me and inspires me. It is amazing. She is an inspiration. Um, favorite, as my kids are coming into the room now, uh, favorite movie. Favorite Quarantine movie. should have given us a lot of time to decide. Yeah. Uh, my favorite movie of all time is a movie called The Prestige. Ooh. Uh, it's Christian Bale, Hugh Jackman. Yes. Uh, they're both like illusionists, and I love a good movie with a plot twist. And so The Prestige okay. is one of my favorite movies of all time. Okay. So that means a good movie with a plot twist and, and all that stuff. That means you also like 21, right? Oh, wait. No. What's, what's it called? Um, with the with the magicians and their um, like hijackings, is that called Twenty One? Oh, uh, are you talking about Now You See Me? Oh yeah, Now You See Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. great movie as well. Like a, like like a low budget prestige. No, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, favorite TV show. Favorite TV show is of course uh, overall The Office. Love The Office. Okay. Uh, but okay. right now specifically, favorite TV TV show is The Mandalorian. Okay. See, I'm not into the whole Star Trek thing or Star Wars thing. Star Wars. I can't. Yeah. Star Wars. I can't. I can't get into it. I. I try. Um. So I. I told our students one time, like a lot of our students are into Star Wars, and I said, you know, I watched um, episode one. I did it like in. I was gonna like do it in order, and mm. I saw Jar Jar Binks, and I was like, dude, this is the coolest character ever. The guy, like he had. He has to have the coolest rise of a character ever because he goes from being like a dumb prisoner person to then he's like a general in the army right at the very end and, and he like saves the he saves the galaxy in the episode one so i thought to myself like man episode two like this dude's gonna be the whole point of the movie he shows up one time it's true they well, didn't even heard, follow through with jar jar have you heard one of the most popular theories about jar jar no i haven't there is a there's a theory that jar jar binks is a like sith uh, Lord, which is like the the enemy that of the guy. I would believe theory. that be, because he he. What if he saved the galaxy just to then destroy it? Well, who knows? The only way the only way you can destroy something is if you have it. Come on, That's all I'm saying, man, Jar Jar. Anyways, I was like, dude, this guy, like every movie needs a Jar Jar, and then like they didn't even show up. Anyways, uh, favorite hobby. Favorite hobby. Uh, favorite hobby right now, honestly, is just any, any bit of creating. And so I love to create. Uh, so just like a little bit of music. I play guitar, so a little bit of music. But I do a lot of like videography and, and graphic design and animation just to create stuff. And so anything where I get to like move around 
kind of these brain wheels and let the rotor start turning and get to create something absolutely love is that what you went to school for uh no i maybe i thought i should have um because it'd be fun but it, that's a hobby i do wedding videos on the side and um yeah love videography love getting to create something fun very cool um dream vacation spot like favorite favorite ben or not ben dream vacation spot uh i would love uh I, i've been to rome once rome italy uh i was about I, to say georgia would, yeah yeah i've yeah, been around georgia too um but i would love to go uh, i think just and tour all of italy um i just love i uh, loved rome love a lot of the history of rome specifically and uh, even like biblical history in rome yeah uh, super cool to get to go and see some things and and the city itself rome specifically is just built on top of itself and so you can go like down like underground and see just different like areas of history um uh, which is super cool and so i love love history and so i think italy would be a really cool place to just get to travel the whole the whole country that's that's awesome. I was in uh, Lebanon two two years ago with my wife, uh, like in Tyre and Sidon, and I wanted to see the Lebanon cedars. That's all I wanted to see. And they they were like, well, there's not many of them, and they're protected. They're all up in northern Lebanon. I was like, that's cool. And they're like, no, like you, they're like really protected. I was like, what what the heck are you talking about? Uh, and they were like, well, Solomon took them all, like King Solomon. Imagine having a wealth like that 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 has <laughs> la millennia. His wealth right. has impacted millenniums, like, and then, and then, like, whatever he didn't take, Alexander that you know took or whoever it was, and so I like the history of like what that's just it's crazy. So yeah. I, I imagine it's, I, I have not been to Italy. I imagine it's it's similar. Um, all right, last two or three. Uh, who is the goat NBA? Goat NBA is Michael Jordan. He is the greatest yeah, well, of all time. Yeah, I mean, you you can absolutely you have the right to be wrong on that. Um, who? <laughs> I love LeBron. That? I love LeBron. LeBron's oh, great. I, no, LeBron's not even in the conversation. I'm talking about Jason Williams. Jason Williams. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Jason Williams, Chris Webber. Jason Williams is anybody. Hey, if we're, if, we're giving, if we're giving joke answers, then I'll go ahead and, go ahead and say Whoa. Uh, Muggsy Bugs. Uh, short guy. He's, uh, I think Muggsy Bugs is 5'3". Uh, so he's the greatest of all time. Because he's short and played Lexi, in the NBA. Lexi Bucks. No, Jason Williams made people better around him. He he was the full the full <laughs> team guy. Hey, who is the goat for the NFL? Goat for the NFL. Uh, I think I think it was on a like he, he kind of got to break it up position wise. But as much as I hate to say it, the greatest quarterback of all time is Tom Brady. Uh, and I hate to say that as an Atlanta Falcons fan. Wait, say the last part again. Uh, as a Falcons fan, I hate to oh. say it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I didn't know there were many Falcons fans left. So that's, that's uh, interesting. I have to rare, be. Rare, rare breed. Okay, two more. Uh, what is your favorite app on your phone? You don't have to say the Bible app. Yeah, favorite app on my phone. Um, well, the ones I'm looking at the most is probably my calendar, my email, and all this kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> but, but we don't like those. Yeah, we don't we like those. Use the ones that I use the most. Uh, favorite app on my phone uh, that I've really been trying out recently is an app called Blinkist. Um, and it takes just like all these books, a lot of like leadership books or creativity books or all these things, and it shortens them into like 15-minute audio segments just oh. so you can like – figure out what, what are the main topics of the book, listen to it. And then it's like, Oh, then I'll actually go get that book. 
and, and read it. Um, instead of like, you know, taking a chance on a book and reading it and not liking it or not enjoying it or, or whatever it may be, it kind of gives you the whole book in 15 minutes. So then you can go and get the book yourself and get the whole is it, thing. Is it any book or just like specific books? Uh, there's a ton of books on there. Um, I think they're mostly like uh, books that are geared towards in, like teaching or instruction in some way. And it's not really like fiction at all, uh, but like nonfiction books of like, hey, let me teach you this. And there's a whole wide range of things. And so uh, I've been listening. Well, to I just downloaded that app. It, well, right. was, I just downloaded that because that <laughs> I, I love to read, but oftentimes I don't have the time to read everything I want to read. Right, exactly. So um, here, last one, and then and then we'll we'll wrap up. Um, your favorite Bible verse? My favorite Bible verse. Uh, favorite Bible verse. I'm actually gonna um, pull it up real quick. My favorite Bible verse uh, comes from um, I mentioned earlier Second Corinthians. I think it's my favorite book of the Bible. Um, uh, this talks a lot about weakness and, and just our relationship with God in our weakness. My favorite Bible verse comes from the, the way that he starts Second uh, Corinthians, Paul does. And uh, it's Second Corinthians chapter 1, starting in verse 3. Uh, Blessed to be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we sell, we ourselves are comforted by God. And so God comforts us and we get to comfort other people because of that comfort. Uh, and so that's my favorite verse and section of the Bible. So second Corinthians chapter one, big fan comforted to comfort. Well, Hunter, um, I'm going to put your Instagram handle in the show notes. Um, and you know, you, you, you have a friend and me to reach out to and, and, um, and we would love to connect if you guys listen to this to connect you with K-Life, even if all you can do is pray for them. Um, that's a massive thing. There's no small roles in the kingdom. So, um, we want to encourage you guys to reach out to Hunter let him know that you're praying for him. Um, let him know uh, how he can help you. I know that he really just wants to help. He has a heart for service. So, um, Hunter, we love you, man. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Yeah. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate it.